You all may not know this about me, but I am the cleanliest person in the world. My parents would testify to that. So if I start to back up into one of these microphones, please somebody yell at me. Thank you, It's my privilege to be with you all this morning. Um, Jim's out of town. But uh, last week he talked to us about our identity as individuals in Christ. Uh, broad topic. He gave me equally one as broad this morning. Uh, what is the identity of the church? And uh, it's like, okay, um, yeah. So where do we start with that this morning? Well, uh, came to the conclusion as I searched my own mind, searched my own heart, uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 this morning. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42. And this is, this is what Bible students, Bible scholars talk about as being one of Luke's summary statements. He's got a couple of them. There's one here, there's one in uh, chapter 4, and there's actually a very short one in the end of chapter 5. These summary statements, Luke is telling us what is going on, what has happened, and what has been the, the result of that. And so we come to chapter two, at the end of chapter 2, we've had the day of Pentecost, we've had Peter preaching, and the notation that Luke makes um, at the end of verse 41 is that those accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Okay, so we get into this, let's get into this summary. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and their goods, and gave to anyone who was in need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. One of the things I'm going to focus on, what I'm going to focus on is verse 42. And if you look at what is going on in verse 42, Luke says they, they devoted themselves. They is the people in verse 41. Those who had come to the Lord, come to faith in Jesus through Peter's preaching that day. Okay, and so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, fellowship, breaking of bread, and, and prayer. Now, my summary of statement is actually going to be that those are the characteristics, those are the, that's the identity of who the church is and what the church does. But there's one thing that's implied there that's not stated. You can't do any of those things if you don't get together if you don't gather together, if you don't do what we're doing here this morning. The church, in one perspective, it is a gathered people. There is nothing that we can do, nothing that we do, that we can do effectively and efficiently without gathering together. And what we see here in Luke, most likely, is there's a large gathering, gathering in the temple, but also gathering in homes. So there was a large group, small group. And gathering was so important. And there's something in my notes I need to look at, so let me get them out. 
can tell you that I appreciate your efforts to get here on Sunday morning. I pastored for 28 years, and there were mornings that pastor didn't want to go to church. It's like, you have to go. You're the pastor. Okay. Um, because gathering to me at one point, I, I show this without, with, with, with much shame, gathering to me became such a burden on Sunday morning that I began to uh, just despise it. And it took a work of God in my heart to under, help me understand what was going on on Sunday morning. And I began to realize that people were gathering not to hear me preach, that was a good revelation. But they were gathering because Bobby hadn't seen David all week. And they would get together and share what was going on in their life. Sometimes just share a joke. And Mary hadn't, and hadn't seen Ruth all week. And they would talk together about what, what, what was going on in their lives. And I began to realize that me standing up in front of them speaking was just a mere small aspect of what was going on on Sunday morning. That time of getting together, sharing with one another. The cherry on top of all of that was, was me. I was just an incidental part of what was going on on Sunday morning as people gathered together. It was so important for me to see them talking with each other, sharing with each other, laughing with each other, and on occasions, crying with each other. And I could stand up on that morning and go, good morning, let's open God's Word and see what He has to say for us today. To be that act of encouragement, that act of inspiration, but I was just a small part of that. Our gathering together is important. Is it work? Is it hard work? Yes, it is. Ask Emily. Ask Will. Ask the guys who sit back in the sound booth. It is work. And they put a lot of effort in for what we do. But they do it so God's Spirit can speak to us, speak through us. And hopefully as we go out, we are encouraged to face a world that's not real friendly to us at times. Gathering is important. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There, again, this is this group of 3,000 that have come to faith in Jesus Christ through Peter's preaching. And it says, they gathered together, or they dedicated themselves to the apostles' teaching. Here they responded to Peter's message and yet they may know relatively very little about who Jesus is. They responded to the message of repentance, but now they, need to, now they need to know and they need to take in how do we live this message out? How do we live our lives out? And I'm curious to know, because how many of these people, these Jewish people who were gathered for Passover, who now have remained in the city, were from foreign lands. Because chapter 6 says that the Grecian widows were not being fed in the daily distribution. 
Why were there so many Greek widows in the city? Were, was there a number of the, this 3,000 that were from other areas of the world who had stayed? I don't know. It's just speculation on my part. But they would have not been familiar with the teaching, not, they would not have been familiar with Jesus as the Jewish people who lived in the area were. And who, who would have been more authoritative than the, 12, the 11 apostles? So they're teaching every day in the temple, and these people have devoted themselves to hearing the apostles teach about this Jesus that they've responded they responded to in faith. We cannot downplay in any way the importance of the Word of God as we walk with Jesus day by day. We cannot downplay the importance of the role the Word of God has in our lives from day to day. In my walk with Jesus, I have been up and down, and sometimes I've lately more down than up. In my dedication to the Scripture, in the last two years, I have worked to spend some time every day in the Scripture. And I'm, I see a difference in who I was and who I am. I see a difference in how I think and how I was thinking and what I think about now and what I was thinking about before. These people dedicated themselves to the apostles' teaching because they needed to know who Jesus was. They needed to know how to live out this new faith that they had come into. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We need to be able to go to the Word of God, who we need to study so that it empowers us to walk day by day. And as a church, it helps us be all on the same page. God in us so it can work through us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And to fellowship. Whenever I was a child in church, I would hear the pastor say, when they got to a, when they got to a passage that talked about fellowship, they always said, that this is more than cookies and punch after church. But that's all I ever saw is cookies and punch or, or common meal after church. It wasn't until later in my life, much later, fortunately, that I figured out or was revealed to me that fellowship, that Luke is talking about here, is much more than cookies and punch after church. It's sharing our lives with each other. Now, I don't know about you, I'm an introvert. I'm just as happy to be out on a bicycle in the middle of nowhere by myself as any person can be. And so when it comes to 
You know me, sometimes I'm a little standoffish. But this word has to do with us sharing our lives together. Sometimes it's just in simple ways. Turning around in our seats and dealing with a silly question that somebody comes up with on Sunday morning. Sometimes it's sharing stuff. Oh, you need a circular saw? I got one. What kind of blade do you need on it? I loved this the neighbor I had when we were in Topeka. Um, he loved when we got a four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten inch snow because he had a snow blower he loved to use, and he he would go up and down the whole street and clear everybody's sidewalks and driveway. It's like. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And sometimes it's that. It's just sharing what we have with each other because, oh, you need this? Hey, I, I've got one. I'm not using it right now. Here you go. Sometimes uh, sharing fellowship means just something sharing together, sharing our stuff. Sometimes it's doing fun things together. Sometimes it's doing serious things together. Sometimes it's doing things that we, where we're serving the community, where we're serving each other. Sometimes fellowship is just those one-on-one conversations where you're sharing here. You're sharing a little bit of hurt, or you're sharing a, a question of confusion over that cup of coffee. And sometimes fellowship means a mild rebuff because you stepped over the line and we need to talk. They have devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and the breaking of bread. Verse 46, it says, And they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and, and enjoying the favor of the people. I like to eat. I know you don't you, I know you find that surprising. I like to eat sweet things in my uh my trip to the doctor on Friday for my physical showed that that was not a good thing. But I like to eat, and I like to eat. Um, even though I may not say a whole lot, I like eating with people. I like hearing other people share and talk. Um, and sometimes if you throw out the right, the right topic, I might uh, join in, right, Nick? We had me and Nick and Jerry had breakfast yesterday together. It was a fun time. It was a good fun time. Um, but there was something about sharing a meal with someone. Is there something, uh, if you will, let me use this word, almost intimate about sharing a meal with someone. If you want to get to know somebody, share a meal with them. If you want to establish some kind of a relationship with a neighbor, have a meal with them. There's something about sitting down and sharing a meal 
that seems to open up people's hearts, their minds, and their mouths in more than once a way, okay? Shame And then it says, into prayer. I'm curious. I really am curious. I really know what and how these people were praying together. Because most, I mean, from this, at this point, these are all Jewish people. And they are all directed by the very tradition. I mean, in Jerusalem, there were three daily calls to prayer. And in chapter 5, it's, it's one of those calls to prayer that Peter ends up healing man. They're even called to prayer as they go to the temple. So, where they, of course, they were gathering in the temple. It was just the logical place to gather and to be with people. But were they following their ritualistic calls to prayer? And were they praying the prayers that normally were prayed? I'm just curious. I don't know. But they were praying. And it seems from uh, what goes on in chapter 5 that their prayers have branched out. I can imagine the apostles getting together, all the loving and looking around at each other and going, okay, we've got 3,000 people we've got to tell about Jesus. How do you want to do this? And somebody goes, we better pray. You've got a group of people who are gathered in the home, they're sharing a meal, and, and they're sharing about a neighbor or an acquaintance or someone they've bumped into in the temple and they're wondering what is going on with all of these all these people gathered here every day. And somebody's saying, Let's pray for them. Let's pray for the apostles. Let's pray for all the believers. And let's lift up praise to God for what he is doing in our lives. You know, at this time, the religious leaders of, Jesus, of that day were just standing back and what is going on here? And it's not until chapter 5 we have, we have the beginnings of struggle and persecution toward the church. And things progress rather quickly uh, in, that, in the direction of persecution. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. I don't know how to put all of that together to say this is what characterizes the church. This is what our identity is. Our identity is in Christ. And I, this week I found like a hundred verses that talk about in Christ or in him, that type of thing. And just way too much stuff to put together. But our identity is in Christ as a church. And that identity includes being a gathered people, being a people who hunger for the word of God, being a people 
gather together, to fellowship with each other, to live life together, to spend our lives together, and to pray, and to pray, both individually and as a body. I know one of the things that Gene is wanting to do is have us, have us pray as we're gathered here this morning over a certain subject or topic. And we're going to do that this morning. Will's going to lead us. One of the phrases I came up with as I was working on this this, this week is that and it has to do with the study we did, we did in our CLC last year. Um, but we're imagers. We're to be imagers of the kingdom. We're to be people who demonstrate, who show those around us glimpses of the kingdom and what it means to be in the kingdom. Jesus, in chapter 4 of Matthew, says, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And what the people didn't know that he was speaking to was that there was the kingdom right there in front of them. Jim said last week that we live in two worlds. We live in the atmosphere of the kingdom of God and we live in this world. And one of our tasks as the people of God, as the community, as the body of Christ, is to bring near the kingdom everywhere we go. To bring near the kingdom in everything we do. So that people can get a glimpse of what the kingdom of God is like. And that will make what happens at the very end of this passage, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. People were seeing this church take care of them, each other. They were seeing this church celebrate what God had done in their lives. They saw this church taking care of other people. And it just, as, they, as this church reached out to those around them, people kept coming to Jesus. I have thought for quite a long time that what the non-believers around us need to see is transformation. They need to see Christ transforming us individually. They need to see Christ transforming us as a body of Christ. And they need to see us living out that transformation And that's going to cause a lot of questions and hopefully get for, get for us a lot of opportunities to share who Jesus is and what he is to us as individuals and as a body of Christ. The New Testament refers to the church as a community, a people, a building, a temple, branches to the vine, and of course the one we're all familiar with, the body. However we want, whatever metaphor we want to use, we need to remember that we are imagers of the kingdom and that our identity is in Christ and it's through him that we are transformed and that through him that we will have an impact 
on this community and the world around us. Father God, we come before you and thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the impact that he's had on our lives and thank you for the impact he will have on our lives as we continue to grow and mature. Father, we just want to be a people who represents you to a community. We just want to be a people who have an impact because of the way we live and the way we serve. Father, use us for the glory and the good of your kingdom. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.